Welcome to Unshakable with Human Design, the show dedicated to helping entrepreneurs use human design to shift from hustle to flow without sacrificing results. Come here to become an unshakable human and build an unshakable business according to your human design. I'm your host, Nicole Lano. Hello and welcome to Unshakable with Human Design. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. And today we are here with a celebrity human design reading. This is a little bit of a somber one. We're doing one for Sinead O'Connor, who died just a few days ago at the age of 56, which is very sad. I am a child of the 90s, and I remember her very, very well. And I can't say that I was like this huge Sinead O'Connor fan. I'd always found her fascinating. She was most famous for the song, Nothing Compares to You, which is a Prince song originally, and she remade it. And it's almost like you can't imagine anybody else doing it. She pierces your heart when she sings that song. And I remember that so, so well. And I was young. I was maybe like 11 years old or something when that song came out, 12 years old. But I do remember feeling, I didn't know heartbreak at that point, but I knew I could feel her. So that was what always stuck with me about Sinead O'Connor. And then, of course, she became a very controversial figure in 1992. I'll start out with saying that Sinead O'Connor is a 5-1 emotional manifesting generator. I am a 5-1 emotional manifesting generator. So I, I hadn't planned on doing this episode. When someone passes away, I'm not always looking at their chart. But I kept seeing her come up in my feed, different people paying tribute to her, people who knew her talking about the impact that she had on them or what they knew about her or what struck them about her, other musicians talking about her. And I kept feeling this pull. And I kind of wanted to bring this up because this is very much a response to my sacral of what I was feeling and that pull from my sacral that was saying, yes, we want to do this. And it was profound to me and interesting to me looking at that because we often think about the sacral response as being like, wee, I want to do this thing. I'm so excited about it. Sometimes excitement is just like, I want to do this. I want to go further into this. I want to be involved in this. I want to lend my energy to this. Now I'm a five one, the one line loves information, loves to take things in. So sometimes the things I want to do have to do with research. They have to do with analyzing. That's why I love charts so much. I think I think I'm so drawn to them because I get to analyze them and I get to find something in them. And so I felt this pull to dive into Sinead O'Connor and I kept feeling a pull toward her. So I want to explain how this sort of work. I kept feeling a pull toward reading about her, being interested in this. And I am a defined spleen. Something in my intuition was telling me, run her chart. See if her chart exists online. There's a database where we grab these charts from. And so I did, and then I pulled it up. And of course, she's a 5-1 emotional manifesting generator. So that automatically piqued my interest because as a 5-1, 5-1s are known to be a heretic investigator. Heretics are, if you go with the raw explanation, that, that 5-1s are burned at the stake. If, if, if people don't like what they hear from us and she certainly was a lightning rod and she certainly did have that history in her life where she became the symbol for blasphemy in, to, in 1992 when she went on Saturday night live, which is obviously a very big show still, but she showed up on Saturday night live 
And she sang a cover of Bob Marley's War. And she altered some of the lyrics. The original song by Bob Marley is about oppression. It is about abuse of power. And she altered some of the lyrics to not just be about abuse of power, but to be about abuse of children. And at the end of her performance, she pulls out a picture of the then Pope John Paul II. And she tears it in three. And she says, fight the real enemy. Now, at the time, that was highly controversial. She was canceled for this. People threw things at her. She was vilified for this. Because at the time, she was saying something that to the world was her condemning the church, her doing something just completely incendiary, possibly for her own gain, possibly to just be sensational. She's a troublemaker. She was labeled all of these things. But really, what was labeled as blasphemy, how she was canceled for blasphemy, she was never allowed on Saturday Night Live again. She's on that short list of people who are banned. And what really turned out to be an inconvenient truth. We know from the movie Spotlight, more recently, 10 years later, the Boston Globe exposes the Catholic Church in Boston for having 249 priests who abused children, thousands of children. I was doing a little bit of research online to just get a handle on the numbers. In the U.S. alone, there are now over 6,000 priests who have been accused of sexual assault. And that's just the U.S. So was it blasphemy or was it an inconvenient truth? Was her heresy just not ready to be heard? Was the five not backed up by the data of the one just yet? but it didn't make it any less truthful. And rumored to be <laughs> that the picture of the Pope that she tore up was actually hanging on her mother's wall. And her mother, she claims, physically and sexually abused her as a child. So very sad story. And what I want to go into here, again, I take these episodes about celebrities, people I do not know, and I, I, I'm not in any way saying that I know something about them. I'm purely looking at what we do know from facts and events, and then looking at them through the lens of the chart. And what I like about these episodes, as far as giving us a chart view, is sometimes it challenges us to look at some of the things that we think we know in the chart, or textbooks have given us definitions of things in the chart, and it helps us look at them in a completely different way gives them a new dimension, gives them new life. Something that we've seen very negatively, we suddenly can look at positively and the other way around. And we can see how they play out in somebody's life or how these things may have happened because everything in a chart is purely potential. The potential to be or not to be something. If you have it defined, that's a potential for you to be that or to not be it. If you have it undefined, it's a potential for you to receive it in a good way or receive it in a shadowy way where you feel like you need to chase that thing. So now for Sinead O'Connor, I'm going to lay her chart over some of the things that we have seen in her past, just because I think it's very interesting. I was emotionally moved looking at her chart and thinking about these events and just reflecting on them. And one of the things that stood out to me is her incarnation cross is the left angle cross. She's a left angle because she's a 5'1" which means that her destiny and her purpose has more to do with others than it has to do with herself. 
It will have an effect on others and others will have an effect on her. That she is the left angle cross of separation, which I thought was really interesting. And the cross of separation combines four gates. The fifth gate, which is the gate of rhythm. That is her conscious son. We have the 35th gate, which we commonly look at that as the gate of adventure. We have the 47th gate, which is the gate of realization, which is about memories. And gate 22, which is the gate of grace and openness. Now, I'm going to dive into this a little bit more. But first, I want to take a look at 3536 channel. She's an emotional manifesting generator. So being an emotional authority, she has at least one channel that makes her emotional, that defines her emotional solar plexus. And she has two. She has the 59.6, which is the channel of mating, which is about intimacy and breaking bonds to create intimacy. It's about reproduction. It's about sexuality. I think it's interesting that sexual abuse is kind of a theme for her. 3536 is the channel of transitoriness. Now, we often think about this one as adventure potentially creating chaos, new things, new endeavors. 3536 is the channel of leaping into the void. Now, that's the one I really want to speak about. The 3536 is the manifested channel. It is something that connects her emotionally to her throat center. It's about action. It is a collective channel, so it isn't necessarily about her. It's about sharing. It's about sharing something about the past. Everything about the collective is looking to the past and making sense of it. She has a lot of collective energy in her chart. She has the 1156 channel, which is about storytelling, being able to tell the stories of the past. And when you look at those two together, there's action behind this, being able to tell the stories of the past. The, the 1156 is about the, the thought process behind it, the story itself. And the 3536 is about living and being the story and sharing from that place of leaping into the void. And she certainly leapt into the void when she stepped on stage that night in 1992 and her life changed forever. Now, one could say... Her life was ruined. Her career was ruined. She may or may not have thought about it that way. I do not know. It definitely changed things. It separated her from that part of her career, from half the world, probably. I mean, she's Irish. So to condemn the church publicly on national television, certainly controversial, certainly leaping into a void. Now, like I said, she may or may not have felt like this was an awful thing that happened to her. Maybe she stood by her convictions. We'll never know that. Maybe she gave interviews on that. I don't know. But she leapt into the void. She did something courageous. She said what she felt like she needed to say. Now, I think that's an interesting thing. It's a manifested channel. Like I said, she is a generator. She's a manifesting generator. So she's supposed to wait for a response and she is supposed to wait out her emotional wave before making a leap. Now we often think about it as taking a leap. And when we're in alignment, when we do something according to our design, that it will all work out, that we'll get what we want. Well, we don't always get what we want. We get what's correct for us. So maybe that was what was correct for us. With the cross of separation, she is meant to separate herself and separate others from things. 
So maybe she separated some people from a lie. Maybe she separated some people from the church. She separated herself from lots of people. She had a major effect on the culture. And then 10 years later, I don't know if anyone looked back at that point and said, wow, Sinead O'Connor was right. But I think we can look back now and say that. I don't know if anybody was really doing that in hindsight. I think everybody was so shocked by the revelations of finding out that priests were doing what they were doing. Now, I want to talk about this cross. This is where I want to spend most of the time in this episode is on her cross of separation. Now, like I said, being a left angle cross and being a 5-1, she's going to reflect back. The 5-1 reflects back inconvenient truths. People do not want to see what the 5-1 is showing them many times. And she certainly showed that. And everything comes through her cross. If you are a 6-3 and you have the same cross, it's going to show up very, very differently for you. Your role in how this plays out for you and for others is going to be very different. If you're a projector, it's going to be very different. As a manifesting generator, something about her destiny has to do with her coming out and using her voice, which if you think about her career, obviously it's all about her voice, that with that motor to the throat center, that direct motor, that emotional motor, her ability to carry emotional resonance out into the world and share it with the world is profound, is deep. But she didn't only do that with the tone of her voice, her gate 22, which is the gate of grace, which is about conveying emotion being emotionally very intelligent, knowing things emotionally and being able to understand emotional situations. Now, the the 3536, that channel carrying that emotional resonance straight through her throat, it's part of her purpose. It's part of how she was meant to impact the world was with her voice whether it was this action or not, however she made that choice, whether it was right for her or right for others, most of her choices are going to be more impactful on other people than they are necessarily on herself. So this choice to go up there and do what she did to alter history in a way, because it was such a earth-shattering moment And if you weren't alive then, or if you don't remember it, if you weren't watching, I watched that show and I remember it was shocking. I was too young to understand the message. I really was because in 1992, I was 14 years old. So I didn't really know much (laughs) about the Catholic church and nobody knew what we know now, but I understood the gravity of it. I didn't understand her protest at the time, the way that we understand it now. But when I look at it through this cross of separation, now let's look at it piece by piece. Gate five is her conscious son, and gate five is the gate of rhythm. The gate of rhythm is about setting the rhythm, my rhythm. I set my rhythm by what I respond to. So she might have been responding to something that she just saw as such a horrible thing for people to not know not understand her principles were pulling her too hard the response to the things that she had go on in her life maybe she heard stories of others her story somebody else's story is calling her 
into taking an action that is scary. Setting the rhythm and changing the rhythm for everyone. And the 35th gate is her conscious earth. And that conscious earth, that is the gate of progress. We think about it like adventure, change. Gate 35 loves change, hates old stuff, wants new things, wants to change things through an emotional experience. Well, she certainly did that. Changing the cycles. Everything is about cycles. Five is about cycles. Setting the rhythm for a new one. A new pattern to be created. 35, another very powerful gate, especially connected to the 36. But having that as your conscious earth to say that you're grounded by progress, change. And if you go over to her unconscious son, gate 47 is the gate of realization. It's over in the Ajna Center. This is about looking at the past, about the memories of the past, and coming to new conclusions and revelations that are good for all, that need to be shared for the good of all, potentially. Was it her memory? Maybe her own, maybe somebody else's. She turned that into a story, the 1156 channel of curiosity. Now, her unconscious earth is gate 22. It's the gate of grace, the gate of openness. It's about being open to emotional situations, very emotionally connected person. And the ability to jump into emotional situations or create them depends on how you look at it. Again, we're just talking about potential here. But I think it's fascinating looking at this. And the other thing I thought was really fascinating is her unconscious Mars which is our core wound in Gene Keys. And it is also our vocation that once we have transcended that wound, healed that wound, that it becomes something that we have to offer others. And I thought this was very interesting that this was in her gate 33. So again, this is unconscious to her, but this is ultimately a very big driving force in our lives. It's the core wound is what we call it in Gene Keys because it is this core emotional wound that we need to heal. It's the biggest one. It's the most pivotal one in order for us to be able to step into what is the next sequence in Gene Keys, which is the pearl sequence. And that allows us to make that the cornerstone of our career, our vocation of what we have to offer the world. Gate 33 is the gate of retreat. But what it's really about is about hearing emotive, hearing experiences, hearing the experiences, going and processing them. That's what the retreat is. I'm going to go and process this experience, and then I'm going to share it. The solitude of reflection. It's a very big gate of reflection. I'm going to reflect, and then I'm going to speak out. I am going to talk about this. I am going to say something. So I was very emotionally connected to this. I, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm emotionally moved right now because there is such a story. And some charts just tell like a really strong story to begin with. Some people book readings with me and I run the chart and then I look at the questions that they answer when I ask them certain questions about what they want to learn in their reading or where they want to go what they're feeling resistance in or struggling with. And then the chart tells us a, a, a big story. Sometimes there's just really big themes there where I'm like, oh, it's so obvious. It's really telling us. Sometimes it, it, it isn't so much and I go with what I see and it doesn't necessarily 
line up with the questions that they're asking. It's not so perfect. And I tell them what I see. And then we get to something as we're talking. But some charts just feel like they scream at you. And this one felt like it screamed at me. And I felt real sad for her. I felt real sad just in general that you know, the five one does fall on the sword to do what it feels is right. Now, it's not always right, but it very often is misunderstood. And I'm fascinated by misunderstood people. And I'm really fascinated by the fact that when I am fascinated by a misunderstood person and then I run there, try to find out they're five one. <laughs> and it explains so much. The other thing I'll mention here is just that she has the channel of the beat, the 214. That's the channel of direction. That's the channel of having the fuel through response of your own direction. She knew who she was. This wasn't somebody who was being spun around by life. I'm not saying that she was perfect, but I really just felt like for better or for worse, her actions are clearly leading to that cross of separation. And sometimes the cross is hard. And the cross of separation, I mean, it's right there in the word. Separation. Separation, I heard that her son committed suicide sometime in the last few years. And separation, separation, separation. These are themes that carry out in our lives, themes that carry out when you are a transpersonal profile, when you have a left angle cross, your theme is not your own. Your theme involves other people. So I thought this was a really beautiful and sad sort of illustration of a life through the lens of their incarnation cross. That the cross of separation, you see it play out so many times, setting the rhythm, leaning into emotional experience in the name of progress, in pursuit of progress of some kind, whether you agree with the progress or not, it's progress to that person. It's the potential to do something right or wrong. To look back at the memories and see something and have a realization and then to be emotionally intelligent about the things that you're taking in and taking in those experiences of yourself and others, retreating, reflecting, and then sharing. I think we saw that. I think we saw that in her actions, even in that just microcosm of those couple of years of her having this massive success where she's top of the charts and then she's almost public enemy number one because the whole world decided that she was no longer welcome because of an action she took. I saw Billy Corrigan from the Smashing Pumpkins said her crime, she tore up a photo. But what that photo represented to her, separation. In fact, let's talk about just the physical separation. She tore up the photo. I thought that was all beautifully symbolic, and I'll leave you with that. I hope that you found this episode interesting. I hope that it served you in some way, as I hope that all of these do. Remember, if you want to have an unshakable business, you must first become an unshakable human. And that's what human design can help you do. And I hope that this podcast helps you do that as well. So I hope you join us next time so we can help continue your journey on becoming unshakable with human design. We'll see you in the next one, everyone. 
If you love this episode and you're a fan of the show, please show us the love on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with other entrepreneurs on their human design journey, join our free Facebook community, Human Design for Entrepreneurs. Go to nicolelano.me forward slash podcast links to join the group, book a human design reading with me, or access our free human design resources. We'll see you there.